Let's let, let's get into what we're really here to talk about. Uh, the wild wild card weekend for the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots, and it's super wild card me, weekend to you, Charlie. Super super wild card weekend, and, and, and anyway. yeah, super number seven seeds are gonna get laughed out of the building. Right. Glad the NFL made some more money. Right. Um, no, I, I mean, look, dude, I, I, first of all, you thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I did. I thought weather was going to be a bigger factor. It it was not. I, I thought it was definitely going to be a little high-scoring. I was expecting a bit more of a matchup, uh, a bit more of a competition from New England. If you would have told me last week on this show, Nick, that the Bills were going to go out and win that game the way they did by 30 points and let alone go up at one point 21 to nothing, 27 nothing, I would have been like, you're you're full of shit. There's no way. It was beautiful. I mean, it was great to see. My my wife's upstairs texting me. Yeah, I'm watching the game downstairs because my son is sleeping, and I tend to get a little loud watching the game. So I'm like, well, I'll go downstairs. That way I can't wake him if if you know if the Bills start getting their asses kicked or something. Um, you know, I, I, I had faith that they'd win that game, but again, uh faith in Bill Belichick kind of brought a little bit of fear mm-hmm. to me. Um and 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 crept the nerves back up a little bit. And I know that you know this, but if any listeners, if you have not, if you don't understand what a performance you just saw, Josh Allen and the Bills offense and Brian Dable basically just threw the first perfect game in NFL history. It's a great way to put it. That's their drives. Yes. Touchdown, 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 halftime, touchdown, 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 end of game. It was the first instance in modern football history a team had no punts, no turnovers, no field goal attempts. Every drive was a touchdown. That's never happened before, ever. Like, the only games I could find were from the 1940s, and there just wasn't enough data to, like, prove that every drive was not a touchdown, but the scores were so low. It, it looks like that's probably true, but it, modern NFL history. We've never seen a game like that. And Charlie, I got to ask you, did you see the bills mic'd up video? So I did. Um, I'll let you speak a little bit more on that, but uh, man, Jordan Porter was fired up. And I mean, I was ready to run through about seven walls for him after that. It was, he was more than fired up. This man committed premeditated murder. On that field, okay? <laughs> You're watching the Bills mic'd up. And, you know, the whole week, everyone's got their, you know, prim and proper for the press conference. They're a good opponent. We were – okay, you watch the Bills mic'd up video, and you're getting him on the field, hyping up his teammates, what he really thinks. He goes, look at them. You see how cocky they are? He goes, this is the end of an era tonight. They went out and slayed the Dragon with an unbelievable performance. On on top of seeing all of that, right? Like like you saw all Jordan Poyer stuff. Um, Kyle Brandt was also in attendance. His first time in Buffalo. Talked about it the other day on uh, Good Morning Football. If you haven't seen it, you can go on the Bills Facebook page. That's where I saw it. Uh, I believe it was also on their Twitter page. But Kyle Brandt was talking about his time in Buffalo. He went out for wings. It looked like he went to Barbell. Um, that's a, the wings look damn good. He never heard of a beef on wax sandwich in his life. <laughs> Don't so play he had his first ever beef on Wex sandwich. Um, you know, he, he, he did his whole mafia mount up thing in the stands with the, uh, the Patriots right behind him. Uh, I mean, he was another man. He was fired up. He got, you know, he's with Tasker and Kelly and Thurman and Bruce. I mean, all the nineties guys were there. I mean, it, it was a, a wild time to be in that stadium. And I'm, you know, I'm jealous of uh, everyone from Bill's mafia who was able to be there last week, even through the freezing cold weather. I got to give a shout out to Ryan Fitzpatrick, oh, an NFL quarterback who is still under contract with the Washington football team through the end of the league year. Showed not only goes to a postseason game of another team, didn't sit in a box, sat outside and went shirtless for a little <laughs> bit at the end of the game. This man Incredible. is still in the league. 
I some mean, people, okay. some people are saying he's he's angling for the backup job next year. That would be great. I wouldn't hate him as a backup. No, the only thing is it's so weird that everyone in front of him always gets hurt. Like he always plays. That's true. That is true. That is something to worry about, right? Like I guess that's one thing to, to think about. Think about. I don't think you know. Obviously, I don't think Mitch comes back next year. I think Mitch goes wherever Dable goes. That's kind of my my really. Thought. Yeah, I have a crazy that, feeling. He goes I have not goes. come across that take before, but I don't hate it. The only way he doesn't is if um, Dable ends up somewhere in Miami because I don't think they're going to go and start Mitch over someone uh, or or even Chicago for that matter because I don't think Mitch would start over Justin Fields, nor do I think Mitch would go back to uh, Chicago after he was treated mm-hmm. on his way out. Um, but I, I have a crazy feeling. Anywhere where Dable ends up, you know, that's where we may see Mitch So you think to, to compete for the starting job or, or how do you – I, I, yeah, I mean, he's definitely gonna have a chance to compete wherever he goes. I wouldn't be surprised if anywhere. I mean, the, the one obvious opening I think to everyone right now is gonna be New York, right? You know, as far as the teams that are available and looking, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking for coaches, uh, you know, and looking for a quarterback, it's New York. I don't know. Again, don't know where Dable ends up. I've heard Chicago's a big favorite for him. Mm-hmm. Um, still don't think he ends up in Miami. I know he interviewed there, but. Anyway, you know what? If you had Mitch Trubisky and a first round pick as your two quarterbacks, you could do a lot worse than that. I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, look, he's he's not a bad backup. He wasn't a bad starter, but he had a winning record. Um, he can still win you football games, but I think part of the reason why he's he, he's been in this offense, and I think Dable has seen him. I think Dable likes him enough to say, "Look, I'm going to bring you on to compete for a starting job." That opens that job up for. Um, um, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in as as QB two. Hell, if you promote Ken Dorsey to uh, to OC, then that also opens up the QB coach position. Maybe you just call Fitzpatrick and be like, "Hey, man, you want to come back and be a QB coach here?" Hmm. I mean, I, I don't hate that idea either for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Interesting thought. I mean, either way, they just need to build a statue outside of the stadium. Of Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> just shirtless. That would be one of the best statues there. Like build it right next to Ralph. Uh, I love that because it would just speak to what a culture you have. I mean, it really is. I, I mean, how many other teams have had a former quarterback who is on contract with another team come back to a game and do that? I don't think I've ever seen that before. Incredible. I mean, you want to talk about the perfect game. Ryan Fitzpatrick just adds to that perfect game. I mean, he you know, is every, every in baseball. Anytime there's a no hitter, a perfect game, there's always like an amazing defensive play sprinkled in there that you remember it by. This is kind of like that. So, so I've been going, seeing a little bit going around regarding this game, and you know, trying to come up with a name for it. like what do you call this game? Like, what oh, the perfect game? game. The perfect I mean, game. That, that's the only thing that I feel like you can use here is the perfect game. It was the perfect game. You know, yeah, I don't know what Josh Allen's, the perfect game to me. The fact that Josh Allen's last incompletion in that game came in the second quarter. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, people. It's crazy. It really does. It, uh, it was he had the, the second highest QB percent or QB rating of any player in a playoff game ever. We need to talk about Josh Allen, Nick. Let, let let's talk a little bit about Josh Allen's game because the dude came out ready to go. He was firing on on all cylinders, running the ball really well, broke off a huge run early on in the game, um, and he just didn't look back. He he played with no fear. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive line played great, gave him a lot of blocking. Running game, it's amazing how much better Josh Allen can look when he has a competent running game. And a competent offensive line play. The line has been phenomenal down the you know the last two weeks at least, and, and down the stretch has gotten better. They really have. I, I, it's crazy to think that that you know making that subtle change of moving Rick Bates over, you know, in place of John Feliciano has made that much of a difference on the offensive line. Yeah, you know, I, and, I, and, and I Spencer do. Brown. I don't think I've ever seen a rookie come in mid-season and make that much of an impact. Mm-hmm. Even, even moving the left tackle a little bit when they needed him with COVID. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. I think it's a good reminder that the team you start with is not the team you have to finish with. You can, I mean, football is has a lot fewer in-season moves than the other sports, but you don't have to finish the way you start. You can make changes, you grow, you adapt, you keep working on it. Mm-hmm. 
you just you got to peak at the right time. This feels like the bills are are trending upward at the right time. I cannot believe you know two years removed from the Houston game when uh, you know this podcast was born. Basically, we are. I'm feeling good going against Patrick Mahomes. Feeling good about I don't know I don't know Charlie. The vibes are unbelievable right now. Uh-huh. Last week, you know, sports betting is legal here. Like, should you know, you should should have bet bigger. Like, the vibes were unreal. Like, they they were not going to lose. And this week, I know you can play amazing and still lose to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just I'm feeling good. Like the season doesn't end here. Like that, and I could be totally wrong. But like the feeling beforehand that we are entering into history right here, the season doesn't end here. You know, I'm 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 hoping you're right because you know we'll we'll know going into the game Sunday whether or not Buffalo will be playing at home or on the road if they win uh, for a chance at the Super Bowl, right? That's a good point. If um, Tennessee loses, which I don't think is a, I don't think that's a favorite, that's, that's but I don't think they're shooing. No, I don't think so either. I think the way Joe Burrow is playing right now, like hell, I'm if Buffalo has to play Cincinnati, I'm not 100 percent confident in that game either, and that's what it comes down to. I'm more confident with Buffalo going to play Tennessee than them going to play Cincinnati. I like the Bills at home. The Bills at home in the AFC Championship? Yeah, I mean, well, dude, that's going to be a, you know, they better bring, like, support beams in or something for that stadium. (laughs) I don't know if that that stadium's going to hold everyone. But, I mean, it's hard, like you said, to not think that this team can go into Kansas City this week and win when your offense has – more touchdown drives and third down attempts in a game, and your quarterback <laughs> throws more touchdowns than incompletions in a game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, how do you not just say, like, yeah, like th- there, there's no way that they're going to walk in to Kansas City and lose? But at the same time, you know, kind of like what I said, too. right? Kind of like what I said last week with Belichick. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. You know, this this Kansas City Buffalo thing reminds me so much of the. Peyton Brady years when it was constantly every year it seemed to be Indianapolis would meet New England at some point in the playoffs every single year and Brady kept getting that that edge over uh, Peyton for how many years finally Peyton just got over that hump one year they went to the Super Bowl and they won the Super Bowl right it's, it's actually it's funny you mention that because I kind of had a similar feeling of like oh well you know Peyton Manning didn't have as many because he kept losing to Brady and I saw an informative tweet this week that was a reminder. Uh, Manning and Brady did not meet in the playoffs quite as much as we remember. There were a lot of years the Colts were losing to the Chargers in the playoffs. Yeah, and some of that stuff. True. So uh, I, I just had to mention it since you, since you brought it no, up. It was, it was know, interesting that, to remember that. That's a good point, too. Uh, you know, I think another point that I was, uh, I was thinking about, too, and, you know, growing up in Florida, something that you always noticed it was always for a while there until Philadelphia made it the year with Donovan McNabb and T.O. and Andy Reid to the Super Bowl. It was, it, I think it was three years in a row or something like that, or a couple years in a row. It was always Philadelphia and Tampa always kind of seemed to meet in the playoffs as well. And Tampa mm-hmm. always kept getting that edge over over Philly, or Philly would get to the AFC Championship game and just or NFC Championship game and not be able to get over the hump. Um, and finally they were able to, and obviously never won the Super Bowl, but they got to the Super Bowl. Look, we've said from the beginning that this Bills team, the goal this year is Super Bowl. Anything less than that is going to be considered a failure. And we thought that they failed a few times throughout the year. Let's be honest, right? Like, I think we can all agree on that. Um, Jacksonville game, you go back and look at that game. You go back and look at the first week against um, – um, Pittsburgh, you know, I think that was another game that a lot of people sat down and were like, okay, you know, does Buffalo really have that much of a chance to go and do what we think they're going to be able to do? And uh, last week maybe proved a lot of people wrong. This matchup, Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to disrespect anybody else. This feels like the real AFC championship. I mean, it's the two best quarterbacks in the AFC at this point, right? Like. Yeah, this is not? this is the duel that you're looking right. for. Right. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, you know, very well documented what he's done. Josh Allen is maybe, maybe playing better or as good 
as Patrick Mahomes at this point. Mm-hmm. Like that, this is what you want to see, right? This, like, this is this is the game. If you're a fan of football, I'm excited to watch the Buccaneers game this week. You know, Buccaneers against Packers, maybe the NFC Championship sounds pretty interesting. The Rams are yeah. good; they could win too. I'm not not handing it to them. Like I'm interested for all those games. Bills Chiefs, this is what you want. I mean, there's a reason why that game is the final game of the weekend, Nick. Yeah. I, truthfully, I'm shocked the Bills did not end up on Monday Night Football this past week. Um, I saw a reason for that. The scheduling guy told someone in an interview it had to be one of the four or five games just because they didn't want the entire schedule to be dependent on the Monday game. Ah. And then just the way it worked out with the wild card, with you know the travel and the the other games, like it kind of it had to be the, the four or five. And then they, um, I think when you when you look at it, well, it didn't end up being that good of a game, but on on paper at least, Arizona Rams was a, a much better seeming game. I mean, I I did not want the Monday night game. I wanted Buffalo no. so far away from that Monday night. Yes. game. I wanted that extra day of rest from yes. Kansas City. Buffalo got that extra day. Um, and I think that's going to going to make a huge difference at some point as well. I mean, you get that extra day. I mean, let's be honest. Did anyone really think Pittsburgh was going to beat Kansas City? I sure hope not. I mean, no one, I mean, no one without a rooting interest for Pittsburgh. But Kansas City was a, a double digit favorite that game. Not even, you know, wasn't even close. No, that's another game. You see how it plays out, and you're like. You know, but what mm-hmm. were we thinking that, it, you know, they weren't going to come close to covering that? Pittsburgh's offense is lousy. Ben, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, but right now he's washed up. He can't make the throws. No, God, no, no. He, I mean, there's a reason why he's retiring, I think, at this point, right? Like, it, it shows. Um, it's just, it, dude, it, it, it's very hard not to, much like we've said before, it's, it's hard not to think the Buffalo can walk into, Arrowhead this week and come out on top, but uh, you know at the same time, I think there's still those the, those skeptics out there, and I am one of them, who feels like this is a huge, huge, huge hump to get over. There's a Kansas City at this point is is what New England used to be to Buffalo, and I know Buffalo beat them pretty good in the regular season. But that was the regular season early on when Kansas City was still trying to figure things out this year. When people thought Kansas City wasn't going to make the playoffs, when that was the talk of every single national radio TV show you would listen to was how bad Kansas City looked. Kansas City was in third place in their division. Oh, look how good the Raiders are. Look how good the Chargers are. And and there's Kansas City just kind of right in the middle of the pack. Kansas City got the two seed. They're a good team. I would much rather have Kansas City come to Buffalo this year you know, for this game, I'd feel a hell of a lot mm-hmm. more confident. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the first bills chiefs game, the, the bills caught them at a good time. You know, it's basically after they got whooped by the bills, this is when they started figure, figuring things out and they did really go on a roll almost quietly in some ways after that it seemed like, you know, the rough start kind of tampered some of the national media hype and, you know, people thought, oh, the Chargers might win the division. And mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that didn't and, happen. And not for nothing, the Bills uh, don't get off too easy next year. Yeah, they, they're going to have to go to Kansas City during the regular season next year as well um, to go play the Chiefs next year. So, Are the Bills um, playing the whole AFC West next year? Uh, they are not, just the Chiefs. Oh, that, that's their – okay. Yeah, that, that, is, that is their only game. Um, it looks like they are playing – the AFC North next year. So Ravens, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah. And, 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 and they're also getting the NFC North. So they're getting Green Bay, Minnesota, uh, the Bears, and the Lions. So, so you're, be, you're telling me there's a Brian Dable reunion game? In one of these games, I think there will be a Brian Dable reunion game somewhere. Um, All right. Listen. I, I, not that I want to, you know, lose Brian Dable here. If you're another team, if you're the owner or or the general manager, and you watch Brian Dable put up the first perfect game in modern NFL history against Bill Belichick, and then you interview him the next day, how do you let him leave without a contract? 
Like that was literally my thought. How do you let that guy, like what more do you have to say? Brian Dable should just walk in there and just pull up the box score and just start smiling. And it's, you know, <laughs> that should be the first thing he talks about right now. Um, let me ask you this question. Have you ever interviewed for a job, Nick, that like, you know, going into the job, like this is your job. Like, you know, everything about this job is cut out for you. You're coming from, you know, something that was such a great stepping stone and, and you're ready to take on the, 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 this new job, but you walk out of the job, you don't get the offer and you hear, well, you know, you're not a good interviewer. Could maybe that be what Dable's issue is that he's just not a good interviewer or interviewee. Um, you know, that he's, he's just not, he comes to comes in with his game plan and says, here's what my plan is and lays it out. And owners just aren't as impressed with, with what he can do. I also think, by the way, at the, the team you're talking about that he interviewed for the day after the perfect game was Miami. I think Stephen Ross is an absolute idiot um, <laughs> for getting rid of Brian Flores, but um, I also think he's an idiot for drafting Tua. But um, I think whoever ends up there isn't going to last longer than three seasons in Miami. But that's one other story. Yeah, I think you know what? That, that could be true. Maybe if you are Brian Dable and you know you have – multiple teams interested in you maybe you're you know you never yeah. turn down a head coaching interview but maybe yeah. you're telling the dolphins like like secretly hoping ah, i hope i don't end up here i would rather go to new york or clear mm-hmm. chicago i don't know maybe you're, you're telling them you know i really want to think it over i don't know that's a good point yeah i um by the way side note on miami i won't be surprised if they hired lane kiffin as their head coach <laughs> <laughs> let, let me and can i just tell you just, why just a continuous string of horrendous decisions well a yes b because he was the offensive coordinator with tua and Jalen waddle at alabama he knows both these guys knows how to get the best out of both these guys they're trying to find someone steven ross is very high on tua and i think he wants to find someone who's willing to come in and work with tua not have to go out and try to find a replacement like a deshaun watson or someone else to come in and replace tua um can't so believe I, how many teams want the Sean Watson. That's another topic. That's another topic for another day. But yeah, so I, I won't be surprised when Kiffin ends up there, which is fine because that'll just be another easy two wins for Buffalo on the schedule uh next year and and, and, and for the years to come. Um but so you know, you again, Nick, we we, we talk about <clears throat> Kansas City and we talk about what this game means to, you know. To 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 us, you know, what does this game mean, you know, to the Bills fans? I keep going back to that Stefan Diggs picture from last year mm-hmm. of him with his head, hands on his head and the confetti yep. shooting off in Kansas City. You know, there was a good article. The Buffalo News uh, had the photographer who took it, Jim McCoy, write up a little memory of of how that shot came to be. It was a good read. It was a. Um, it's definitely a memorable one, and you know, it's definitely something that I would be, as a fan or as a player, would want as uh, some bulletin board material um, for this week. And I think that's something that you keep in mind going into this week. Um, that look what happened to us last year. You know, we had our shot, and we 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 blew our chance, and look what happened. Look where we got. You know, um, do you think that? You know, with all of that hanging over the Bills, and we've seen it in years past, that's why I continue to be hesitant for this game on Sunday. Do you think that this Bills team will be able to live up to the hype that they're facing this week? You know, I think last week was a whole other issue. I I felt like while they were the favorite in, in Vegas, they were the underdog to the media. Right, this week they're the underdog to the media. They're the un- well, I wouldn't even say that they're the underdog to Vegas, but they seem to be the favorite to the media. You know, not, and not everyone. There's still people out there who are you know think Kansas City's going to run the table. However, there is a lot of people who are very high on what Josh Allen did last week, rightfully so. But can Josh Allen continue to play like Josh Allen, or, or, or do you feel like this is a classic? Sugar high Josh Allen game. You know what? I was 
I was talking to a lot of people this week because I made a joke in a tweet that we reference often on this podcast. And uh, I called Josh Allen the human golden retriever, which is something that we joke about a lot. And uh, maybe maybe more people need to start listening to the process because a lot of people hadn't heard that. And uh, (laughs) they seem to think, you know, that was a funny way to phrase it that they hadn't heard before. This guy. His teammates in in one of these uh, behind the scenes videos. I think this one was from HBO, maybe. That they they're playing the the defense is is watching Josh Allen on the field, and they're just they're just you know teasing their buddy with each other. This guy is such a goofball. They don't know what a big goofball this guy is. Like biggest goofball I know. Love him though, but you know, but what a goofball. Right. So then today in the press conferences. That they're, uh, you know, this video is making its rounds and people are asking the players, you know, how, you know, how would you describe the real Josh? You know, what, what, what do we not see? And every single player out of the three of them that I think that they asked used the same exact phrase. They said, he's really just a big kid. And uh, Deion Dawkins was asked to elaborate and uh, would not share some of those things. <laughs> but, but he's, he's, He's he's like the the baby faced assassin here or something, right? The human golden retriever went out there. He's like, and and he just killed it, like absolutely killed it. Like he's not feeling the pressure right now. He's he's playing out of his mind, and he's still being loose and being a goofball. And sugar high Josh Allen may have, uh, I don't know, I don't say grown up a little bit because that's clearly not the right term. But, no, it's, I, uh, you know, I said earlier, you know, two years ago was the Houston game. I feel like we're so far from that. I mean, absolutely. You look at what he did last week. I mean, look, look he had he had three really big games this year that you could say were like big, big games that Josh Allen was either going to come into his own, right, or he was going to show the sugar high Josh Allen. The first game I, I think of is the first Kansas City game in the regular season, right? Yep. That 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 was a big game, a lot of hype going into that game for all all of Bills Mafia and everyone in, in Western New York. Uh the second game I think of is the second game against New England. Right? That was a must win game if you want to win the AFC East and, and have a home playoff game. Right. And he came out and had a great football game. And the third game was last week in the wild card. And he has lived up to all of that in every single big game that he's had a face. That's, and he's, and he's yeah. looked good doing it, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he looked so so good last week on top of it being called the perfect game, Nick. Bill Belichick went into the Bills' locker room. Now, I hope they made sure that all their playbooks were still there <laughs> after he left. But Bill Belichick went into the Bills' locker room. Ryan and, Dable and, would take him anyway. <laughs> and, and, and he um, – and and he, and he 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 sat down with Josh Allen and shook Josh Allen's hand and 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 told Josh Allen like you know you hell of a game you're a hell of a competitor and you know obviously Josh Allen I, and, where, where was he, that posted I missed that one so he talked about it on um, Pat McAfee today Pat one of Pat McAfee's guys asked him about it and then uh, you know he said I'm not going to say too much about what we talked about but he said this this and this oh I will have to go find that that's super interesting that's. Bill Belichick, is, I mean, you can dislike the guy if you want to, but you can't deny that he is an absolute historian of, of just NFL history. So for him to go out of his way to do that, that means a lot. Well, I wonder how much of him was him going to do that after the fact that he pretty much snubbed Sean McDermott at uh, the post-game <laughs> handshake. You know, it's yeah, kind of looking like did. a sore loser on, on, on camera, but, uh, you know, definitely took it on the chin and in, in walking into the team's locker room. Now, there could have been other – methods to his madness that uh you know like i said big man touchdown it is rubbing in a little bit i'm also not mad about it this is the playoffs who who had the better big man touchdown last week buffalo or kansas city there were two big man touchdowns there was yeah all right i do i have to go with kansas city because of the block before it like literally chucked uh who who's the the end that he chucked who's like an all pro i'm blinking was it Bosa? No, uh, I'm sorry, Watt. No, yes, TJ Watt. He's got TJ friggin' Watt on him, throws him to the ground, then turns around and catches a touchdown. That, like, if you were like a PFF grader on that play, you're like, 
just your mind's blown. You're like, holy crap, 100 yep. for the block and then 100 for the touch. Like, how do you like just so much amazingness in one? Let me ask you this. Um, was there any other player last week outside of obviously Josh Allen that really stood out to you that you could say like, holy shit, this guy's had it, you know. On the Bills or in the NFL? Yeah, yeah on the Bills, on the Bills. That really stood out to me. The offensive line, I thought, as a whole, played good. I don't really, I don't well, the, know what to what to tell you about. Now you sound like the the MVP voters who voted uh, the entire <laughs> Bills offense as winners of the MVP award this week. I did. Which at see least they that. got that right. They didn't vote for like Dak Prescott or something. Okay, well, listen. To that. Apparently, they changed it up because last year was just the fan vote, and then the Bears lost the game. They said, "Oh, Mitch, <laughs> by the way, here's your trophy." But conspiracy alert. They wanted Mitch Trubisky to be a back-to-back MVP. That's all I took from it. But hey, absolutely. Why not? Why not? And it uh, it's worked out pretty well. Um, yes, while I agree with you that the offense played well, Nick, there's a guy that I have mentioned a number of times on this podcast about finding ways to get him involved in the offense. And in two yes, games against New England, he has looked so good. Yep. Like, he is the, like – Take the floor. Just take, take your bragging weapon, right here. Isaiah McKenzie. In his last two games against New England, McKenzie has had 15 targets, 14 receptions, 170 yards, and a touchdown. And if you add in all his runs, that's uh, 198 yards on 18 touches with an average of 11 yards per touch. That is a first down every time the ball ends up in Isaiah McKenzie's hands. It's not bad for a guy who didn't have Thanksgiving plans. (laughs) Listen, man, I am – and I texted you this during the game. Yep. I am good if the Bills do not bring back Cole Beasley next year. Saves a lot of money. Yes, it does. But Isaiah McKenzie has looked so good for this offense. And he's he brings you some speed in the slot that you don't get from Beasley. And his route running is not terrible either. He's been able to find ways to get open. And a lot of that is because his acceleration and his speed and how agile he is getting off the line. And there's little – you put him in the slot. If you want to use him in the backfield, use him in the backfield. Put Davis in the slot if you want. You have so many options with this offense just with McKenzie alone. So I'll be curious to see where uh, where they decide to use him next year, if at all. Do you think he's going to be returning punts this week? That's another thing that I thought uh, – Listen, um, I think – Micah Hyde almost broke one, so I don't know if he's going to yeah, get that I think back. Sean McDermott is so – conservative in a lot of ways and if if he feels comfortable with Micah Hyde back there it's going to be Micah Hyde back there unless for somehow they get down and they're like well maybe McKenzie's got to try to give us a spot I don't know I'm I think he's going to stick with Hyde who by the way if you're asking what player played out of their mind last week we, we got to talk about Micah Hyde that interception on the defense yet Nick listen the interception on on Mac Jones in the first quarter absolute game changing play you i'm not gonna lie watching the play you're still thinking mac jones he only threw three times last game they don't trust him and bill belichick was he was ready to open it up their offense they were ready to start throwing the ball around the field mac jones goes deep and you're like oh mac this guy throwing deep and you go oh he's got his man and literally like that it went from 7-7 with Mac Jones. Mac Jones, he he of three pass attempts, just tortured through the air to tie the game to, boom, immediately, amazing interception. Bills go marched down the field, 14-0, kept going. Mac did not throw a bad ball. It no. maybe hung up no. there a little bit too high. Could have been, I mean, you're going to nitpick. It could have been another two feet out in front of him from 50 yards away. Like, all things considered. He hit his guy. Maybe it hung up a little too long. Yeah, probably. But it was still an on-the-money throw. Micah Hyde went in there and stole it. Absolutely stole it. The receiver could not believe that the ball like didn't fall into his hands. Unbelievable yeah, I, play. <clears throat> that 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 interception alone was, you know, insanely impressive. It, it did have you seen the picture of Bob Ross painting? <laughs> And it's, <laughs> yes, it's, it's it's him painting the uh, yeah I, that, that's probably my favorite one that I've seen so far. Of the you gotta, you gotta, but, you gotta share that one in the in a reply to this tweet tomorrow. 
Yes, well, we will definitely have to share this, uh, share that picture. And then I, I, I watched the slow mo like from the other angle. The fact that he pretty much intercepted that with one hand, you know, it just what a great play by Mike Hodge. And the safeties both played really, really good mm-hmm. last week. And yeah. again, Mike Hyde had a pretty good punt return. He tripped over his own guy. If not, he was probably gone in the end zone. And the Bills put up a fifty burger on uh, mm-hmm. on New England. All right, so we're going to stick with with the defensive backfield here, and we're going to start looking ahead for the Chiefs game. And I got to ask you, since Tredavious White's injury, Levi Wallace has really stepped up. When you look at the Chiefs, yeah, well, that's the part of the game that's going to make you nervous this week. Is we feel pretty comfortable that the Bills can put up enough points to win. It's can they outscore the Chiefs? Can they slow down the Chiefs a little bit? And Patrick Mahomes does a lot of the things that – the same things that make Josh Allen good or is a lot of what makes Patrick Mahomes good. Unbelievable arm talent, extending the play, doing things off schedule, basically doing things that you can't scheme to defend. Yeah, you know, I, I think about with uh... – with Wallace back there, and you know, I'm 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 nervous for a number of things, right? Tyreek Hill, you can start there. I'm nervous to see what Tyreek Hill um, does and, and where Levi Wallace lines up, because on the other side, you need to worry about Dane Jackson. Who Dane Jackson didn't look too bad last week. I mean, it's really hard to nitpick. I think, you know, nitpicking. I'm not nitpicking on my offense or defense from last week, right? But Dane Jackson had a few opportunities where uh, there was one ball that Max kind of lobbed in the air that I thought Dane Jackson should have intercepted. And he was just kind of out of position a little bit. And 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 uh, he ended up getting down pretty close to the goal line there. And I believe they scored later on in that drive. Um, but, you know, New England doesn't have those speedy receivers like what you're dealing with with um uh you know Tyreek Hill and and Hardman on the other side and on top yeah. of that you got to deal with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, um, Kelsey even Pringle, I mean Travis Kelsey is what worries worries me about this matchup. I think you know between the corners and the safeties you can sort of do a little bit more to take away an outside receiver. How yeah. Do you, how do you how do you think they're going to match up on Kelsey this week? Do you think they stick with Taron Johnson or are they bringing Micah Hyde more to the picture? Are they trying to chip him? as much as they can. Like, what What do you think they do here? The Chiefs, you got to understand, two 1,000-yard receivers on the same team, and one of them is a tight end. You got to – I don't know how much I want to – I don't know how much I want to bring Hyde down either against Patrick Mahomes, right? I don't know how mm-hmm. much I want to give Levi Wallace or Dane Jackson that one-on-one coverage on the outside, right? Like, I feel like I need Hyde or Poyer over the top um, because of that speed. You know, sure, maybe you use a Taron Jackson. Maybe they use a Saran Neal. Yeah. You know, um, kind of use him in, in some kind of big nickel package there. Um, you know, who who knows? Or, well, I guess that would be more of a dime package. They're going to run four uh, defensive backs. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to bring Hyde or Poyer down in that situation. I'd rather have those guys staying up top and, and uh, you know, covering the deep ball, especially against Patrick Mahomes. Um you know, and 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 the good thing with Strand Neal is he helps bring some uh, some speed as well. That maybe a um, you know a guy like uh, um, uh, you know one of the linebackers won't bring to the field. Um, you know, on top of a covering Travis Kelsey, b being able to uh, to to keep an eye on Patrick Mahomes as he tries to take off. Mm-hmm. I think that you you know there's going to be some plays throughout the game. Tremaine Edmonds ends up in his zone and having to take Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. I think that this is a huge opportunity for Tremaine Edmonds to kind of, fl- I don't know, flex his muscle maybe isn't the right word, but just come into his own or grow in, in coverage. I mean, we know it's a big offseason for him. This would be a great opportunity for him to just, I mean, we're, we're talking maybe a handful, a dozen plays throughout the entire game where he's going to, he could make a real influence by I just basically just being good in coverage. If he gets in there, breaks up a few passes, basically don't get beat. There's so many plays, and I know it's the, the way the Bills defense is set up, and he's kind of just, just – it's his responsibility, and in some ways it's good that he's fast enough to get into the shot. But it's an open guy 
and Tremaine Edmonds is running after him. And it just looks bad. And even though schematically that's maybe how it's designed where he's kind of just cleaning up after everybody else in the middle, got it. I don't know. This is the playoffs. You got to find a way to still still make a game changing play, no matter what. This is a huge opportunity for him. I said last week that I thought you know that was going to be Tremaine Edmonds' biggest game of his career. Um, this week is going to have to be. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know um, what? The, the way the Bills scored last week, it really didn't didn't matter a ton. Right. I, I I'll say this: as worried as I am about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and and, and Tyreek Hill. There's another player on that team that really worries me, and that's Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon has looked very, very, very good. Coming in he for uh, fresh last week, he did. He really did, and he's he's another guy. He's got some speed, and um, you know, I wouldn't say that the the speed backs haven't really been the main issue for Buffalo this year. It's more or less been those power guys, mm-hmm. the Jonathan Taylors, the um, um, you know, the Derrick Henry type of guys, but um. You know, I mean, that's just more speed that 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 Kansas City's adding to the field, on top of an already fast uh, wide receiver group. Um, so I'll be curious to see how they handle a situation with with Jeremy McKinnon. And you know, I I don't think Buffalo can go into this game with the same game plan that they had all those weeks ago when they won in Kansas City early on in the regular season because Kansas City's just too good for that. You got to throw in some wrinkles. You got to throw them stuff that they have not seen yet. Which That's, it's yeah. which is tough to do when you're playing a team that you've played multiple years in a row, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you haven't played Kansas City in two years. You can say, "Oh, well, we can throw this thing in," right? Mm-hmm. You've played them last year twice. You played them this year twice. Um, you know, you got to find a way to throw in some wrinkles there. Tell me about resiliency. This is a game. Just given the caliber of the opponent, the Bills are gonna get punched in the mouth. They're gonna get scored on. They're going to give up third and 22 on a ridiculous throw and catch because I mean, it's going to happen. The bills are going to do it to the chiefs too. And but it's going to come back. And this year, the bills, every game they've won has been by 12 points or more. And they are Owen. What is it? Owen's Owen, Owen, whatever in one possession games. Is this a game where you think they're finally going to be able to, to hang in a close one and pull it out and stay with it and knock it down? Yeah, I mean, the only way Buffalo wins this game is 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 trying to keep this game close, right? Like it's going to be a shootout. I feel like, right? Like, I mean, the last time they played them, it was kind of a blowout. It was. I, I but again, man, and and we say this all the time. You know, a yes, every any given Sunday, right? But on top of that, um, this is the playoffs. This isn't the regular season. This is win or go home. And um, you know, I'm not I, I I'm not worried about the Bills offense or defense for that matter. I'm worried about the coaching staff in this game. Oh and I and I said that last week, but but I think this week is more of that game where I worry about what Sean McDermott's able to do. Because we've seen in years past that Sean McDermott has seemed to be outcoached by Andy Reid. And it's I, I don't know if it's a point of Sean McDermott trying too hard. To outcoach his mentor, or if, or if he, you know, more or less, is Andy Reid just in Sean McDermott's head? You know what? We, you you were mentioning sugar high Josh Allen, like the moment being a little bit too big for him. And speaking of that, did you? I don't know if you saw the Cardinals game. Kyler Murray reminded me exactly of Josh Allen two years ago against Houston. Just the moment was too big, and he just like couldn't deal. Is it possible? Maybe that affects Sean, uh, Sean McDermott a little bit. Is is there? I mean, Sean McDermott's not like a sugar high guy. What what, what would be like the the you know dorky dad equivalent of sugar high? Uh geez, dorky he's dad. His, uh, he's on his uh, frosted mini wheats high. I don't know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> frosted weenies. Frosty. Sure. Sean McDermott looks like a weenies guy. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Totally. Like, no raisins, just just all bran flakes. Yeah, just all bran flakes. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's a frosted weedies guy. That's what I see. Um, maybe yeah, some Josh, I mean, I can Josh's Jackson in the morning too. Yeah, yeah. Get some Josh's Jackson. Those are actually good. Yeah, um, yeah Sean McDermott. Yeah. I mean, we know he's conservative. We know he's gonna 
makes some suboptimal in-game decisions because he doesn't want to risk anything. It's a pain in the butt. We know. Right. Um, does, does he feel extra in that way against against his mentor? I don't know. That is that is an interesting point. I haven't really thought of it in those terms that he's in some way psyching himself out for this. No, it, it's definitely something that I think we, you need to consider when it comes to Sean McDermott. Where does he go with? Excuse me, where does he go with this game plan? Because again, you know, this is a team that you've seen multiple times. Like you, they both know each other. I feel like fairly well. You know what Andy Reid's going to bring to the table. You know the trickery that he's that he likes to pull. Um, is Sean McDermott going to try too hard to out coach? You don't need to try to out coach Andy Reid, right? I don't know if that's the right way to put this. Don't try to out-coach Andy Reid. Um, just play your game. Do what your team does well. You don't have to worry about trying to, um, you know, pull a quick one on him on on third and 22, right? Don't try to force things when they don't need to be forced in certain situations. Don't throw a bad challenge flag. Don't waste a, a timeout. <laughs> on the first drive in the first quarter, right? You know, that's a good one. Don't waste the timeout when you're thinking about fourth down, when you're going to end up punting anyway. If you're punting anyway, just take the penalty. Right. Don't burn the timeout. Right. I mean, that that that's something that he's been, you know, this is a game where your timeouts are going to mean something, you know, um, and you're going to want those going into the final drives of the, of the game, I feel like. Um, but at the same time, Nick, you know, we talk about Sean McDermott. He very easily can get out coached this week. We've seen it happen against Kansas City last year in the playoffs and the year before, and, and last year in the regular season. And this game could easily be, I don't want to say it, but this game could easily be what Buffalo just did to New England. Could be Kansas City doing the same thing to Buffalo. Yeah, it, it really, they have the offense to do that again. It really, I, I'm not going to lie. When when the initial point spread came out, it was Chiefs were favored by two and a half, and the total was 50, I don't know, I forget, 52, 54 maybe, which is a high total. I think they're going way over that. How do you not think this game is going to end up 30-something to 30-something after the way they played last week? I think the only way it doesn't if the Bills' defense plays the way they did last week. Oh, yeah, I mean, and, the, and the week before, the task is much the higher before. this week. Yeah, the task is much bigger, but I don't know. They also let their foot off the gas a little bit last week and gave up the seventeen. Like if they kept going after it, it could have been. Well, they um, also put their backups in, right? At that's that what I'm point, saying. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they also put their backups in at that point. So you know, it is what it is. I mean, when you got Tyler Maticavich running your your defense, um, you know, I, I'm I'm not really expecting them to stop too much, right? Um, especially against a bunch of starters. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, th- th- this game in general just worries me because it's Kansas City, man. And I think everyone kind of has that in the back of their head. There's a lot of people you see on social media and on Twitter and in the media in general who are very confident in Buffalo this week and, and good for them. I'm Unfortunately, I'm not there yet. Okay. I think it's okay to be confident in Buffalo and what they can do. I'm not overly confident in them right now. Because, right. because there's still that it's that it's that Patriots effect. Is that a good way to put it? Like Tom Brady, we Tom Brady was our daddy for how many years in the AFC East? To me, right? and and in Kansas City right now has 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 bent us over and spanked us how many times? Buffalo pulled not, as, not that many, like but sometimes, in, in, but not in, in, in an inordinate amount. Right, uh, the last couple of years, you know, it was two big games, right? Sure, Buff- Buffalo's one and two against them in the last two seasons. Okay, and what happens this week is, is it's going to be a big indicator where Buffalo really is, and maybe how far they really are from taking that next step. Melvin Gordon, or, um, not Melvin Gordon. I'm sorry. Uh, what's Ingram? the defensive end thing? Thank, thank you, Melvin Ingram, um, is on the end there in. Uh, uh, in Kansas City, he played very well against Buffalo week one when he was in Pittsburgh. You know, yep. 
uh, he's a guy to watch in that defensive line who can maybe take advantage of a rookie on on the one side or take advantage of Deion Dawkins on the other side. Um, you know, uh, then then again, you look at the, the 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 Kansas City offense. You look at Patrick Mahomes and look at Tyreek Hill and look at Travis Kelsey. I mean, those are all guys like you said, two thousand yard receivers on that team. One of them is your tight end. You know, one of the, one of those other players I mentioned is getting paid half a billion dollars to throw a football, <laughs> right? Like, we have one of those too. Buffalo has one of those. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing that worries me that I keep going back to this week is, while, yes, that pitcher from last year with Stefan Diggs should be motivation, is it going to be too much motivation? Well, Charlie, it's time to put you on the spot. I want your score prediction. Yeah, okay. Thanks for listening to the Process Podcast, everyone. Have a great day. Um, (laughs) No, uh, geez. So uh, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than what you think. Okay. Um, But unfortunately, Nick, don't uh, – I think Kansas City – It's going to end up uh, – man, see, I'm going back and forth even now trying to make my prediction. And I knew that this was coming today, and I've still been going back and forth all day. Um, I think Kansas City is going to end up losing this week. I think Buffalo is going to end up winning 27-26. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if you you, you, may, you were still in Buffalo the week the Pagulas bought the team, right? I was at the game. Okay. When they do you do you have strong it. memories of that game? Uh, I remember the dog running on the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Nick. I mean, you, you've been to our tailgates. I mean, I don't, I don't, I did not have strong memories of the game. No. All right, I, I bring this up because the one thing I remember about that is that there was there was a lot of concern after Rebels and had, had died that the team could move, and when it it came out that a local local ish buyer bought the team and they were going to stay the vibes were off the charts that week there i walked into the stadium covering the game for the news thinking there's absolutely no way the bills lose this week absolutely no way of course they went out and pounded the dolphins last week sort of similar feeling with like the vibes were off the charts and I know that this is like not a stat. This is, you know, not not anything quantifiable. The vibes are incredible right now. And again, I'm going to repeat, you could play an amazing game and still lose to the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs are that good. You need to play good and be a little lucky. I, just, I don't see it ending here. I don't know. It's possible. It could happen. The Bills could go out and play amazing and still lose. I think we got a high-scoring game. Bills thirty-six, Chiefs thirty-two. It's gonna get weird. Um, has there ever been a thirty-six, thirty-two game before? Did I just do something totally stupid? I don't know why. Some like weird, weird scoring is going. That's one to of those weird games that you always talk about, isn't it? Wouldn't that be one of those weird uh... scoregami? I'm yeah. gonna look up scoregami right now and see if there's ever been a thirty-six, thirty-two game. Yeah, that that that's definitely a scoregami uh, a game there, but. Uh... I love those, by the way. No, dude. You know, I um. You're talking uh, about need, no, need Charlie. The Scoregami website is down right now. Well, that's not good. <sighs> Somebody needs to call the, the Scoregami people. Just took a turn down. <laughs> that is Actually, not, I, I can I can find this a different way, but that's just the easiest way. Um. So 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 you brought something up that I wanted to, you know, and while you're looking this up. Little mm-hmm. bit off topic, but you talk about when the Pagulas bought the Bills. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know Donald Trump was involved in that. Do you remember who else was involved in buying the Bills or trying to buy the Bills? Yeah, John Bon Jovi. Correct. So I every now and then turn into Howard Stern when he's not talking about all this dirty stuff. Um, and this past week he was talking about NFL football and he was talking and, and yeah. he had Bon Jovi on. Not yeah. on, he he was talking about Bon Jovi. Him and Bon Jovi are good friends. And he brought up to him about buying the bills. Like, yeah, they've talked about this before, haven't they? 
I don't know. I, maybe we talked about it last last week. I don't remember. But Bon Jovi said that he was planning on buying the Bills and he was going to keep them in Buffalo. They, they, he, someone put a rumor out that he wanted to move the team to Toronto. He never wanted to move the team to Canada. Him and his family were going to move to Buffalo. He was going to be all in on it, uh, live in Buffalo, move his entire family to Buffalo. And to this day, he is convinced that Donald Trump put out the rumor that he was going to be moving the team to Toronto. All right. Some, well, according to the reporting, it's out there. Some truth to that. You can't get around the fact that John Bon Jovi was partnered with some Toronto-based people. So that, that possible threat is always going to be there. I think what he's referencing is uh, mostly the Rolling Stone article had on the record Donald Trump associates bragging that the 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 stop playing Bon Jovi on the radio was mm-hmm. a false flag campaign from Donald Trump's bid to try to drive the price down so he could get it at a bargain. Like that absolutely happened. And the people who hate John Bon Jovi, you were lied to by Donald Trump. What is does that sound familiar to you? Like <laughs> who could have seen this coming? All right. And, it, and lied to is perhaps too strong because you know there was that Toronto tie, but it was literally a marketing campaign for another candidate to try to drive down the price so he could get it at a bargain. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what it was. And this isn't like someone guessing it. It's his own people went out and bragged about it and said this definitely happened. Like so I, John I, I, John Bon Jovi, I want to say it was Howard Stern a couple years ago because he said he was heartbroken about it he's not going back to buffalo everyone there thinks he's such a bad person now he claims for whatever it's worth claims he would not have moved the team to serrano yeah i believe that or not but definitely put some skepticism in your mind in your mind about the the you know bon jovi free zone that was a false flag i found it interesting that um you know that they that they feel like, um, you know, people hate Bon Jovi. I mean, I I I'm one of them. I can't say that I, I you know I'm one of them that every time a Bon Jovi song comes on, I'm like, oh, he went with the Bills to Toronto, you know. Um, but at don't, the same time, I mean, I I could see why that rumor started and 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 how it was started. And I would believe that yeah, Donald Trump started some kind of rumor like that. Don't do it, Chuck. I'm telling you. But so, so, um, needless to say, I mean, dude, the Pagulas have done a great job with the Bills. Hopefully, they can turn things around with the Sabres. They're going to make a shitload of money off of this new uh, jersey they're doing next season. So, I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, did you find your score, Scorigami? I do not see any instances of a 36 to 32 game. So it could happen. Safety. <laughs> well, blocked, never has a blocked extra point return for a touchdown. I give a you some doink, two more points. Doink. I like some doinks. By the way, Tyler Bass is like banking kicks in left and right here. This is incredible. Um, how worried are you about Tyler Bass in general? Like if it comes down to him kicking a game winning field goal from 30 yards out. I'm way more confident in Tyler Bass than I am in Matt Hawk. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel fine about Tyler Bass. Okay, even even after he missed an extra point this past week, and he almost missed a couple, the wins weren't that bad this week. I soon I saw, I did not notice this during the game. Someone tweeted afterward that it was officially both of them were credited as blocks, so they weren't true misses; they were blocks. That's right. I'm sorry. One one was blocked. That's right. One, but I remember the no, first no, one I texted you. Yeah, the, the tweet I saw said they went back and said that it actually was blocked. They said both of his misses last week were technically blocked. And I, I remember I texted you after the first one. I go, I thought he missed that. And then he almost missed another one that went off the, the upright and in. Yeah, he's, he's done that a couple of times. It's amazing. It's, a, it's nerve-wracking. He needs to just right down the middle, please. <laughs> you know. Um, but Thanks, Charlie. Right down the middle. He'll get right on there. That, hey, he's please. Trying. I, that's all I'm asking, man. Just like my, I have enough nerves going on right now for the next few weeks that I I need you just not to be doinking shit everywhere. Doink. <laughs> hey, I will. Doink. I got I got one thing for you. If you 
don't know if you, if you recall, after Matt Hawk had such a horrible game in week 18, somebody asked Sean McDermott in a press conference about their punting situation. And McDermott, he has, I think he's done a very good job for us. And he mentioned not just punting, but also holding. So I went out there. Do you think Matt Hawk's been used more as a punter or a holder this season? I think he's been used more as a holder this season. And I think he's been a better holder this year than Bohorquez was last year. I think that's why Buffalo did not bring back Bohorquez last year or this, this past offseason. That is possible. I looked it up. I couldn't believe the numbers. He has held for 90 kicks and he's punted 52 times. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. That's quite a difference. I mean, the Bills, the Bills did score more touchdowns than they had punts in the regular season. Well, I mean, they had two games. Well, one game where they didn't punt all game. The Bills have not punted in three of their last four games. Are you effing kidding me? Are you kidding me? Jesus How is this team losing this week? I don't know why I'm like more because confident it's Kansas about City, New York. Nick. Like that. That's what I keep saying. Like they can't lose, but it's 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 freaking Kansas City, man. Like you know, they're the beast of the AFC till they ain't the beast no more, man. Yeah, I hear you. You know, it's just just like. You know, Tampa, like, how did Buffalo lose that game to Tampa? Right? Like, that, I mean, officiating didn't help the situation. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was um, an overtime game. Tampa, it was. They should have, they, but they should, Buffalo had a chance to win that game in regulation. Um, yes, that's true. And the officials kind of blew that. But, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about, uh, you know, I am worried. I, I do think Buffalo could pull it off. I think it's going to be close. I think my, um, you know, my Apple Watch is going to be telling me that I need to take a lot of deep breaths this week. Um, does it do that? Uh, it does when my heart rate gets, like, way too high. Hmm. You know, I think last year, like, I posted what my heart rate was. And people were like, you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> I think you need to go get a cardiologist. Is you what have I was a child talking. now. You need to take care of yourself. Yeah, I, I tried to stay real quiet during the games right now, but I don't know how I can continue to do that uh, given the, um, you know, where we are with the Bills and where we are with, uh, uh, you know, where the season is. Um, I got one more thing for you, Nick. Hit me. So with the Sabres bringing back the goat head jerseys next season, which, yep. by the way, love they're bringing back the, the black and red. I would have loved it so much more if they brought the goat head back in the blue and gold. Honestly, the first time I saw that report, like because it came from some European Twitter who said his buddy owns a shop or something, and it was on the list for next year. I'm like, there's no way. And then today, Aesthetics coming through with the confirmation. I am excited. Charlie, I got. I know we're going off topic already. Classic process podcast. <laughs> I saw a tweet today. just made me think of something. So I got to ask you, how old were you? when you realized that the quote unquote goat head logo was really supposed to be charging at you. I mean, I still didn't realize it was supposed to be charging at you. I just thought it was just a, 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 a Buffalo head running through the, running through the wind. Well, yeah. Yeah. Running, running in motion, I guess. Right, right, right. Not, not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, no, I, I definitely I, thought it was like, I mean, I was like seven, but I definitely thought it was like a 2d object. And then that chargey part, I was like, I don't know. I thought it was like some extra fur or some hair or like part of his beard. He was just looking fierce. <laughs> like, I don't know. Literally not until someone like so long that the slug logo came out and they said, yeah, the slug logo is really, it's like the goat head, but from the side. I was like, what do you, oh, oh, dude. Now that you say that about the slug logo, like that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. I uh, no, I mean I, I figured out pretty easy early on there that it was supposed to be kind of running or charging or whatever, um, but I didn't realize that about the slug logo where it kind of looks like the uh, goat logo but to the side. Interesting. It's funny you you ask the older folks. You know, my older folks. I mean, like my dad who grew up with the original Sabers logo and stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh, that that second logo sucked. That second logo was terrible." It was a terrible logo. I'm like, but that's the logo I grew up on. Um, and I thought that that logo was, in my opinion, still one. Of, I thought that jersey in general was their best jersey that they ever had. You know? Uh, 
Still a big fan of the B with the sword through it. Still a big fan of that. I like that. that. Part of the jersey. I mean, if you're talking individual jersey, I honestly they're uh, the anniversary ones they did a couple years ago with the with the pure gold. Like the hose were so nice. Yeah, those, those were, were so good. nice. The only the the worst jerseys they ever had was when they tried to do the blue and yellow. Yeah, I mean, even as even worse than the slug jersey itself was the half blue, half yellow jersey that they came out. Oh, you talking about? The jersey that is named the Turd Burger. Yes, the Turd Burger. That is the correct. The Turd Burger. Uh, the correct. The Steve Ott release. Oh, gee, that was brutal, brutal. <laughs> and it's funny. Everyone thought. History. I remember I was at Canal Side for like a concert, and like they kept like teasing it at Canal Side during the concerts every Thursday, and we all thought there was going to be a yellow jersey. Like, oh, it's going to be awesome. The series is going to have a yellow jersey, and then it was not a yellow jersey to say the least. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see these back. I'm excited to buy some uh, some Sabres merch with the old uh, goat logo on it. That's definitely going to be a purchase I'm going to have to make. Anyway, another topic for another day. Do the Bills bring back the red helmets next year? Because teams are allowed now to have two <laughs> helmets next year. Uh, I I think that would be great. Love them. I, like literally once a week, something on Facebook is like a. You know, promoted tweet and somebody doing like a drawing of Josh Allen in a red helmet. Like, what do I you like think of, what do you think of this concept? So, like in some ways, I'm like, yeah, I've seen that every week already. But it's amazing. Yeah, do it. I you, you know, personally, I love the red end zone. I, I don't think they're gonna be doing that anytime soon. Yeah. But I don't know. In some ways, I'm a little tired of like 90s Bills things. Like we just it's all we talked about the entire drought is 90s, 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 90s. I'm tired of the talking about the 90s. Talk about this team. Go beat the damn Chiefs. Go win the Super Bowl. Talk about the 2021 team, okay? Tired of it. We could talk about the 90s Sabres because at least they went to a Stanley Cup. So <laughs> you can at least talk about the 90s Sabres for a while. At least one year they went to the Stanley Cup in the in the Goathead uniforms. Uh, okay, Nick. Uh, so thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab. Um, give those guys a call today for any of your rehab needs. We need to work on a slogan for them. We need to, we need uh, uh, we need to have those guys send us some kind of like slogan. Um, I'm not creative enough to come up with one for them, so they're going to need their marketing guys to come up with that. Uh, but Nick, tell them where they can find you on the good old social media machines. Twitter at Nick Veronica, Facebook.com slash by Nick Veronica. And leave me alone on Instagram. That's that's personal. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything good on Instagram, so don't worry about me on there. But you can follow me on Twitter at Chowit68. Follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Uh, follow us wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, all those good, wonderful places. And most importantly, folks, remember to always trust the process. Go Bills.